Cool. Make sure you're definitely hey. recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Take eight fucking five, six, seven. What, what are I we on? Know. What are we oh, on, I Steve? Know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's so, like, we've been trying for the accumulation of five hours, maybe? So, maybe. I don't know. To try and get this oh. fucking podcast up. Just, oh, I hope you guys appreciate just how much, how hard this was to make. If this, if this, if you're listening to this right now, it's, it's, it's there was some sort of divine intervention that, that took place tonight that, that granted this podcast enter your RSS feed because right now I am lost in despair and dread about producing this podcast episode. You're, you're, you're going to cut it and then you're going to, you're going to put it onto a USB stick and you're going to walk outside and then a seagull will take the stick and fly away with it. <laughs> oh, that fucking seagull. And the only reason that people are listening to it now is because somehow the seagull dropped it and it fell into someone's USB port and just happened to get uploaded onto our RSS feed. Dave, Dave Helian, hopefully. <laughs> uh, hopefully that seagull was migrating to Germany for the spring. <laughs> we'll see. <sighs> Look, it seems to be going okay now, so it's just fingers crossed. Hey, Richie. Yeah, what? Do you know, do you know why this episode's going so badly? Why is it going so badly? And people, people will know what it's about because the title will have already been there before they press play. Enlighten it's me. It's because it's about one year of Trump. Oh, okay. <laughs> Settle in. What number beer is that of, of, of the night? Hey, you don't want to know. It's like three. It's not too bad. I had wine at dinner. <laughs> that doesn't count as not drinking. It's no, that's like, that's basically fruit juice. <laughs> it's more, it's stronger than beer. Hey Steve, when did you, when did you first start worrying about Richie's drinking? <laughs> oh, well, about, about one year ago. <laughs> oh no, it lines up. <laughs> oh God, you're right. No, I'm, I'm more tiramisu than man right now. I'm just back from yeah. a rich, rich, luxurious Italian dinner where I just tried to kill myself with tiramisu evidently. And I'm, yeah, I'm more, I'm more, um, creamy coffee goodness than man right now so you've, you've got that to deal with if i just stop just to burp for a while then please continue on without me i don't think i've ever eaten tiramisu what yeah i what? just realized that now it's fantastic it's italian for pick me up because it's got like coffee and sugar in it but it's also got like brandy in it that's the best cocaine. it's got cocaine it's got all the all it's got uh, mm. vitamin c it's got everything perfect yeah no, not at all um <laughs> Uh, yeah, the music, I guess. <laughs> News. Uh, what I'm happening. What I'm happening. Don't we have, uh, don't we have, like, a jingle for this? No, we don't. I used to just go... I'm so full of tiramisu. Uh, yeah, but there's no jingle. There's just help. <laughs> so in short, no, no jingle. Okay. Just very spotly sounds. Um, the Winter Olympics are about to happen in South Korea pretty soon. Oh yeah, still and still because there's been no like there's been no you know looming nuclear threats that have postponed anything. 
not from the North Korean side. In fact, quite the opposite. They decided to pick up the phone that's been ringing for two years since they stopped answering it, <laughs> the phone between North and South. And uh, they've agreed to attend. The, the North Koreans have agreed to attend the Olympics. And no way. That, in, in, what, wait, going, in, what capa- in what capacity? Like, is are they sending actual athletes to uh, compete or is like... Yes. Kim Kim Jong going to be there like in in the sporty summer shorts and 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 white polo cheering on the tennis like what capacity well it's the, it's the winter olympics so I'm, I'm not sure if tennis is <laughs> oh, shit, winter. Right. you did you did just say that didn't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> the winter tennis you know where you where you, you know where you, you know skate. you know snow you know snow tennis <laughs> snow tennis go on richie elaborate for uh, for our dear listeners so, what snow, so tennis, snow is. tennis you know the way <laughs> you know there's those snowshoes that are basically just tennis rackets you know those ones so you can um, walk on top of snow and they're just shaped like tennis rackets. So it's those, yeah. but you use them as tennis rackets. But And then instead of tennis balls, they use snowballs. It's very hard to get any momentum in this game. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure if they're competing in the snow tennis um, competition, <laughs> but okay. they're sending athletes, they're sending 230 cheerleaders. What? Okay, yeah. what's the ratio of cheerleader to athlete? Like, are there... There may be less athletes than cheerleaders that's that's definitely a possibility um and the most important part is that they've agreed to enter the opening ceremony under a joint korean flag with south korea (gasps) that sounds like a fucking huge deal that is a fucking huge deal do do they have a joint korean flag is that something that exists Um, it doesn't officially exist because it's not a an official nation but i think what i've seen is like a white background with the with the peninsula of Korea, but there is mm-hmm. there is a border on the Korea that's on the flag to recognize that it is north and south. Okay. But they're essentially on one Baby flag. Steps. They're both blue they're blue color colored, like it's not red and black or or enemy right. and, and, and 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 enemy. It's it like yeah, baby steps, as you say. Yeah. And they're um they're actually fielding a, a joint women's ice hockey team. What? This sounds like huge progress. This is pretty huge progress. The last time um, the Winter Olympics and perhaps even the Summer Olympics, I can't remember which one, was hosted in South Korea. North Korea essentially um, tried to disrupt it entirely by threatening to blow it up and also by blowing up an airplane traveling from, I think it was the Middle East to South Korea and they killed a lot of people. Yes, so a significant amount of progress. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a different tact in terms of the strategy it is. and how it's to approach. It's a yeah. different approach, yes. And not only that, they have also agreed to send athletes to the Paralympics, which will be happening afterwards as well. Amazing. So consistency yeah. as well, by the looks of it. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, until probably it all degrades and goes back to what it was before. Yeah, but, because but, 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 but Steve, look, we're on a very rare positive thread here that we never, <laughs> ever hit in what on politics. Please don't ruin it. Two out of three of the news stories I have are good news, actually. No way. That's a In fucking fact, first. Actually, maybe three. Okay, so second story. Um, yeah. Eighth Amendment, big thing in Ireland. We yeah, want to get sure. rid of it. For sure. Um, the Dáil, um, Irish Parliament, mm-hmm. um, they had a debate on the recommendations just this week. And there were quite a few very good speeches on the repeal side. Um, Kate O'Connell, in particular, um, she is a Fine Gael TD, um, just recently elected in the last election, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. She 
made a really good speech that pretty much just tore down the uh, institutions of church and state that have kept this this terrible this terrible law in place and the probably most surprising and significant speech came from the leader of the opposition uh, party in Ireland uh, Michal Martin of Fianna Fáil he um pretty much came out in favor of the recommendations from the from the committee which want to go ahead with um repealing the 8th amendment and allowing abortion to be legal up until 12 weeks which is huge wow. Yeah, that's so the the, he's he's flip flop then on his stance, right? Uh, he never really had a, an official stance. He was kind of hedging and kind of and kind of fopping around the issue, like most Irish politicians do that don't have like hard stances on e- either side. Like, mm. you, there's probably one quarter of Irish politicians have hard stances, either um, pro or anti the Eighth Amendment, and mm-hmm. he was like most of the leaders of the parties don't touch it, but he was very much like, okay, it's time for it to it's time for it to go. Which is big. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Yeah. yeah, his party is quite conservative. There are a lot of people in his party that don't agree with that stance. And I think what's going to happen is, is that the political parties aren't going to try and enforce like a unified line. They're going to let po- individual politicians make up their own minds. And is that something that's ever happened before with, with, with any other... Um... Yeah, I think there was once an instance where a Fine Gael were in opposition, or even he, it was a Fine Gael Taoiseach, and they brought something forward that was quite socially liberal. And he allowed his party to 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 push it forward, but then the T shock at the time, it might have been Johnny Costello, actually voted against it, just on ah, principle. Yeah. So the odd time it does happen, but then that was him just acknowledging that I'm accepting I'm an old dinosaur. I can't bring right. myself to vote for this thing, but I will let my party and my government push it forward anyway. Yeah. Which is really I, weird. Yeah. But I kind of respect it. Mm. It's like having your own values, but also respecting democracy. Sure. And hopefully more of that kind of thing happens and um, we actually get to see a proper a proper referendum where we get to repeal the Eighth Amendment and put proper legislation in place and get that stupid thing uh, out of our constitution. developments on when that referendum will take place? Um, they're talking uh, May or June. Oh, okay. Okay, that soon. So yeah, it's coming up. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. there'll be just as much of a buzz around it as there was about the equal marriage referendum and we can maybe get a campaign to get expats like you home to make the yeah. vote that counts. Oh yeah, I'll be home. Don't worry. I'll be home and we'll do an episode on it when we're both in the same country again. The third story, which I count as a good story, um, mm-hmm. has to do with politics and pregnancy as well. Cool. <laughs> the The Prime Minister of New Zealand. Uh, ah, she was recently- I saw this! <laughs> She's pregnant. She's pregnant. Congratulations. She found out I got you this pregnant. balloon. <laughs> What's on the balloon? Ah, oh, Richie, that's got Australia on the balloon. No, oh, she's the prime minister in New Zealand. They don't like in that In many confusion. ways, New Zealand's like Australia's baby. Yay, it's thematically relevant. <laughs> nice, nice save, Richie. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Apparently, to tell the difference between a, a Kiwi and an Aussie, it's the difference of the way they say six. Really? Okay, break break me off an Aussie six for Steve right now. Uh, six. Okay, now break me off a Kiwi six. Six. Worlds apart. <laughs> <laughs> if you are either an Australian or a Kiwi, you're totally understanding what I just said right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got it. So, okay, so uh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so the Prime Minister, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. Um, it's a good story because... It's, she is normalizing the fact that it is not a big deal for a woman of, like, she's not old. Um, she is, I think, in her late 30s, early 40s. Um, I actually didn't bother even looking up what age she is because it doesn't matter. The fact is, is that she's pregnant with her partner and, and or even husband. Again, that doesn't matter because that's her own mm. business. Um, yep. She found out that she was pregnant 
the week of the election back in October. So she simultaneously found out that she was going to be prime minister and that she was also going to be a mother on the same week, which is a that's huge a big, deal. That's a yeah. big week. That's pretty big. That's, I'm trying to think of anything that even comes close in my life. And right now, all I can think about is... No, it's again, it's that time I saw that blimp. <laughs> Perhaps, Richie, one day you may find out that you're pregnant and the Prime Minister of New Zealand in the same week too. I mean, fingers crossed. So a girl can dream. <laughs> She's trying to treat it normally. She's like, hey, look, when I, uh, I'm i going to take six weeks maternity leave, which is like the standard legal thing in New Zealand. Uh-huh. Um, she responded to a stupid question about how can she work with morning sickness by saying... I just do it because that's what you have to do, which is the perfect answer to that kind of stupid question. Indeed. I think the best thing about this story is that, okay, it's a big deal because um, she's in a, she's in an important job and she's dealing with pregnancy like a normal thing. Eventually, mm-hmm. it'll only be a side note and it'll just be, oh, hey, look, that important lady who's in that important job is pregnant. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, Good exactly. It'll, it's yeah, not going to affect it'll be nothing. It's not going to affect her ability to work anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the three stories. Um, in fact, yeah, altogether, pretty good stories, I think. So nothing bad happened, like in the last two weeks, is what you're saying. Yeah, nothing bad happened in the last two weeks, apart from everything that Trump did and and did in the last year, because okay. that's what because that's what <laughs> the episode is about. Smooth segue. Do you hear that? Do you hear how smooth that segue was, listeners? But you probably didn't hear it because it was so smooth. Oh my god! I just realized. Mm. Segway. Mm. And then segways, the little scooter things. Yeah. They're called segways because you segway. Is, ah. they, they allow, <laughs> it's because when you own a segway, the vehicle, it allows you to just like insert yourself into conversations by just <laughs> gliding into the middle of a group of people who are talking. Hey, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> oh, smooth segue, dude. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> That's where it came from. I told the Jackie Chan Segway story before, right? <laughs> did you? I think I did. The abridged version is Jackie Chan. Whenever Jackie Chan's on set on a movie, he like goes around on a Segway that he just like, I think he owns a stake in a Segway company or something. And when he's on set, he just travels around in the Segway. And then at some point during the production, he picks one member of the cast or crew who have like done something special <laughs> or have like like proven themselves worthy and he just bequeaths onto them a segue <laughs> and then that's it and then he just like walks off into the sunset yeah i'm getting flashbacks of of you having told that story before so you're yeah. welcome listeners now you're yeah. doubling down on your knowledge <laughs> i the most interesting like anecdote i have is about jackie chan it's not about me it's not about anything that i've achieved it's about jackie chan one day richie he will bequeath upon you a segue yeah, one day I'll be I'll find out that I'm pregnant and the Prime Minister of New Zealand and Jackie Chan will give me a segue as a present. What a week that'll be. Mm-hmm. But okay, anyway, so yeah, Trump. when you when you're a Trump. Yeah, fuck, he's been president for a year now. Can I can I just start this segment by telling you what I did today? Uh please. I I um went to um the shop and I bought a uh, an anniversary card and I posted it to Donald Trump in the White House. I literally Seriously? did that today. Yeah, I did that today. And I made a video and I'll edit it and send it to you. And we'll post it up when this episode goes live. I'm taking it back. I know that we're talking about trying to get involved practically in politics, but I didn't think this is how you were going to do it. Yeah, this is the only, this is a, this is a how I engage in political discourse. But you, political discourse doesn't mean trying to have literal discourses with politicians. Well, what, what, what does it in mean the, then? In the, in, in, the, in the form of Hallmark cards. <laughs> Uh, on the back of it, it said, here's to a year of fun or something like that. 
and then I wrote down with the pen uh, after fun I wrote down the mentally bad governance <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh Richie you just got yourself on a blacklist now as well you know that ah look if this podcast didn't put us on one then I doubt this card will as bleeding heart liberal lefty podcasts go we are among like some of the tamest I'll tell you that yeah I bet yeah when I was preparing for this episode it was tough I'm not gonna lie this is actually probably one of the hardest episodes to prep for Uh, I'm pretty bummed out looking at all the shit that he's done over the last year really yeah and just reflecting on what it has meant for politics what it's meant for the world and what it's going to mean because it's probably going to keep on going for another three years at least I wish that my reaction would have been to go buy a card and make a funny video <laughs> yeah that's that's why this podcast works so well. <laughs> it's true it's two different reactions to the same problem mm-hmm. okay let's just do it let's just let's just let's just start from the start let's let's go over his year mm-hmm. so I've broken it down into different policy bits right we're not just going to do like a chronological thing because that would take too much effort on my part and I just could not go through <laughs> living through that whole year again like that so I've taken it from like a more cerebral thing so so the economy the economy is actually one thing that Trump has gotten pretty lucky with this year um, right. it's gone well it's gone well really? yeah it has um, okay. job uh, unemployment is going down the stock market okay. remains insanely high in fact it's kind of scary how bloated the stock market is at the moment right and Trump has been riding on that quite heavily since then. He constantly tweets about how great the economy is, as if it's him that's actually going out there and doing all those amazing it things. Is but it's not. It's not down to him, is it? Or is it? Is it? <laughs> um, if you want to give him any credit, the credit that you can give him is that he didn't f- try and fuck it up as badly as he th- as he claimed he would when he was campaigning. Right. So he wanted to essentially build a massive wall, not just around the Mexican border, but around every port in America and clamp down all international trade because they were bad deals, bad deals from America, bad deals. China is raping us or something to that effect. Did he say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. Wait, did he? Yes. No, that's That's... an actual quote. That's an actual quote from his campaign. China is raping us. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Um, seriously that's it fucking hell yeah you didn't know that no i did not know that's horrific but yeah anyway go on uh yeah so he didn't he didn't actually do, like revoke every single trade agreement that america has ever developed before um, he came to office to give a guy credit for not doing what he said he would do is a rare thing in politics mm-hmm. but because his campaign was just so fucking nuts you kind of have to give him credit for not doing it because it would have fucked up the entire world economy and it would have fucked everyone like the world over. We all would have ended up poorer because of it. So thankfully he didn't do it. Yeah. And this podcast wouldn't be the huge financial success that it is. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm just literally sitting on a beanbag that's not filled of beans, but just filled of $1,000 bills. It's a beanbag that's filled with smaller, more expensive beanbags. <laughs> Can I tell you about, I had an idea for like, like a really decadent over-the-top luxury product. Did I tell you about this? It's not the beanbag made of beanbags, is it? That's no, mine. it's not the beanbag made of smaller, more expensive beanbags. It's, I was back when I was feeling sick over the Christmas break and it was really cold because it was winter and I wanted to like cozy up and look after myself. And I just had the idea of like a hot water bottle that was also filled with hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the ultimate cozy decadence. That's like and a really nice that's thing. What, that's, that's how rich people just like take care of themselves when they're sick. So how many have you had since you had the idea? 
Oh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> you keep ruining the hot water bottles in your house. <laughs> okay. 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 About? So yeah, uh, Trump economy. Um, another thing is that he threatened to the attack. They like the the Republicans finally got a decent thing through Congress and actually passed the law. Something that they've struggled to do in the years since Trump came into power. Mm-hmm. They passed a proper tax reform bill. And Mm -hmm. it involved an awful lot of tax cuts for an awful lot of rich people and corporations. They're Mm. they're Republicans. That's their modus operandi. But Trump wanted to uh, cut taxes by nearly four times as much. And the Republicans managed to rein him in just a smidge. So instead of these tax cuts costing, um, I think, six trillion, they're only going to cost 1.5 trillion over a decade. Fuck. Okay. Those are yeah, big numbers they, to wrap your head around. Holy shit. Yes. And I don't want to, I don't want, like, I mean, these are, these are ridiculous conservative um, theories of economics and I don't, I don't actually hold to them myself because I think economics is more complicated than just supply and demand. Mm-hmm. But the logic is, is that if you cut taxes and give more money to the private sector and individuals, they will spend enough money to end up making the economy boom to the extent that you're not going to actually miss the money. Right. That's the logic. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. This is a tough episode. <laughs> again. A lot of heady, heady concepts. Like yeah. economy, supply and demand, hot water bottles filled with hot chocolate. <laughs> it's dense, so, dense material. On regulation, unfortunately, Donald Trump has done what he said he would do on the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, he has pretty much slashed all regulation that was in place from Obama days. Um, regulation got to do with campaign financing. Regulation got to do with the finance industry. Regulation mm-hmm. got to do with the environment. It's all being cut. Like I said, this is the Republicans' modus operandi. This is what they do when they get into power. They slash and cut and burn the regulations and restrictions that the Democrats tried to put onto onto private companies and, and private enterprises like to try and restrict them, to try and make them less damaging. The right. Republicans go in there and go, no, free market. Get rid of it. Okay. So answer me this. Is this, compared to, historically speaking, similar situations, has there been more changes in this direction? Like, have the Republicans been exercising more of their, like, flexing more of their muscles in this respect than in previous years? Or is it pretty on on point? I didn't actually, I didn't actually get a comparison. So... The, the the three the two points of comparison you could make is what happened after Reagan got in after Carter I'm not sure what happened after uh, Bush two got in after Clinton I'm mm-hmm. not sure I know it was similar they did slash and cut all the regulations that the Democrats had done I'm not yeah. sure if it is more but it certainly is a lot since he's right in. and maybe a lot let's stick important. in the in the show notes on the on the website we'll stick in a couple articles to what happened around that time. Just if people sure. were interested to see like what happened in around those times in transition. To be honest, Richie, I think you may have spotted a comparison that hasn't been properly covered yet. <gasps> Steve, am <laughs> I a political am I a political pundit now? Richie, you have learned so much, you're actually pointing out things that I didn't even think that th- to think about. Oh my god. I did it, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, Kate just came into the room. You're proud of me, I'm a political pundit now. She's proud of me. Hooray! Hooray! I'm proud, of you. I'm proud of you too, Richie. No, she said she finds that very surprising. <laughs> I'm very surprised, but I'm also proud of you. <laughs> Fuck you too, Kate. <laughs> Sorry. We just got Kate's laugh on the track. Hooray. She exists, guys. <laughs> it's not like when you pretend to your friends and, oh yeah, I got a girlfriend in the town next over. You won't know her though. We just met her like in a CD shop. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> she totes real. <laughs> um, judicial appointments. We do have comparative facts for that. So when Obama left, um, he had had to deal with about six years of a Republican Congress and he was not able to get judges to replace the judges that were retiring or dying at the federal mm-hmm. level which is a mm-hmm. very important thing, as you will remember, Richie, from our Supreme Court episode. I remember it very well. Very well. And essentially what Psst, happens in American listener, politics... Listener, I don't remember that well. Shh, don't tell Steve. Luckily, I am rehashing succinctly what you were supposed to have learned, that in American politics, the Congress passes the laws, but the lawyer... The, sorry, not the lawyers. The federal courts have the opportunity to pretty much get rid of them all if they feel like, it, if they feel like they're contravening the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So these federal judges are very important. And like I said, there were quite a few empty spaces when Donald Trump took power, and he has not hesitated to fill them. He has, he has broken the record for the number of... Um, for the number of judges being put in in the first year of a presidency. Really? It's yeah, it's uh there's 12 appellate federal appellate judges and these guys so the Supreme Court is the number one court. Right. But most laws are decided in the federal appellate court. Right. And he has put he has put in more than any other president and quite a few by the time he's done all these laws that are being passed are going to get held up by him. And all the laws that want to be challenged that the Democrats have put in could very easily be washed away by these these Republican judges. So this is significant. This is one of the yeah. biggest things that Trump has managed to do. And is is him being able to like him breaking the record for amount of judge appointments? Is that just contextual look? Like is that just because the way things fell during his term that he was given afforded the opportunity to do that, or has he been pursuing some sort of aggressive campaign? to put his people in like what way does it work um, the fact that the republicans were in power in congress for six years um while obama was in power as well as the president they stopped him from nominating so the president nominates who he wants to take the position and the congress approves him oh okay i get you i get you nobody that obama was nominating was getting approved and then by the time a republican president came to power there were so many spaces left to fill that now right. when they have the, both the power of the Congress and the power of the presidency, the Republicans are putting in all the judges they wanted. Right. Okay. The Republicans confirmed fewer judges in Obama's last two years than in any two-year period since 1952. Whoa. Which is huge. He left office with 107 federal judges still vacant and the Republicans <sighs> have managed to fill probably about two-thirds to three-quarters of that so far. Oh, that's huge. It's huge. The thing about this, federal judges are appointed for life or until they want to retire. Right. If you put in a 40-year-old judge, he's going to be there for a long time. So after after Trump finishes, after all these Republican politicians that are around now retire or stop working, these judges are probably still going to be there, even if the Democrats manage to get their... If they elect Oprah with (laughs) every single perfect politician that they want... Mm-hmm. These federal judges that are appointed by the Republicans could pretty much scupper all their attempts to try and turn around what's happened in the last couple of years. It's right. going to be so this is, Yeah, that's a huge pivotal, pivotal thing. Yeah. So this is one of the one of the wins, you could say, for the Trump presidency, even mm-hmm. though the credit has to go to the Senate Republicans. Um, probably Mitch McConnell deserves most of the credit because it's his nefarious scheme yeah. and it's worked. Um, do you remember Trump chanting, drain the swamp? Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal for him. Did he do it? Is it no. all dry land now? No. 
No, no. quite the opposite. It's gotten worse. It's more swampier than ever. Swampier than ever. The So he was trying to point out the fact that there's no division between the lobbyists from the from the various different kind of industries and, and business groups and the politicians that put the laws in. Mm-hmm. It's gotten even worse since he actually took power. Um, probably more money has been made on lobbying last year than ever before. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, is that because, like, why is that? It's because it's, well, like, it's because it's the first time there's been a Republican president in eight years. That's significant. And Republicans are always inherently pro-business. So the lobbyists are jumping on this opportunity to lobby the pro-business party mm-hmm. when they're in power. Not only mm-hmm. that, the big tax reform law meant that there were a lot of business groups trying to get their say into how that was actually going to happen. Uh, okay. And not only that, Donald Trump was just lying when he said he wanted <laughs> to cut down on business. And I always forget that that's like a thing. <laughs> Yeah, he just lied. Like, he has no problem. He can, so, he can do that? His former uh, campaign manager, Corey Lewandowski, went off and became a lobbyist. And um, yeah. Roger Stone, who was also an advisor, he's a lobbyist now as well. There are 44 high-profile lobbyists connected to Donald Trump or Mike Pence, the vice president. <laughs> That's so generating, many. They generated 42 million last year. What? And their favorite clients are foreign countries. Oh, of course. Yeah. So how, how much would good. your average lobbyist make just like as a profession? Oh. It seems like it's pretty lucrative, right? Yeah, you're talking like millions. Right. OK, so more than podcasting. Yeah, like more than the five million we make per year. OK. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, fuck. Shh, oh. Shh. I'll edit it. I'll edit it. I'll edit it. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah, sorry. So the tweets, mm. the tweets have not stopped. <laughs> tweets. There's been no let up. Oh, Do you God, think he's been tweeting more on average now that he's president or was he? Is he, no, you know. it's it's about the same. There's ah, been okay. there's been studies. Everything that he tweets is important, so people have to actually study what the president tweets. Unfortunately, so yeah, no, he he has he has been tweeting just as much as he has been before. But there is correlations between he tweets even more when particular shows on Fox News are on TV. <laughs> of course, uh, Fox and Friends in particular is one of his favorites. If they say something on their news segment. 10 minutes later, Trump will tweet about it. Wow. And the most the most disheartening, the most terrifying, the most sickening instance of that was when they talked about how Kim Jong-un gave a speech, um, I think we mentioned on the show, that he uh, said that he had a button on his desk that he could launch nuclear weapons. 10 minutes later, Trump talked about how he has a bigger nuclear weapon or button after he, he heard about it on Fox News. Oh my God. A direct correlation between him and being informed about the the foreign policy of the United States based on what he's watching on Fox News. Surely he has reports it's, and whatnot, like like foreign he doesn't policy read reports. And he doesn't read them. No. We no. know that. We know that for sure. For a fact, for an absolute fact, the New York Times and um, that stupid book that got so much attention, Fire and Fury, they went into serious detail to try and figure out how the Trump presidency is actually working on a practical level. He mm-hmm. does not read reports. You can only give him things in bullet points on one A4 pages. No matter how complex the policy issue, it doesn't matter. It has to be succinct and on a fucking bullet page. Oh my God. The President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man. I always have like such little patience for reductive behavior because it takes all the complexities out of things. And so few things in life are inherently extremely simple. And to know that the president, the most powerful man in the world, behaves in, in such a way is extremely yes. terrifying. It is It is one of the things that, like, when you think about it, how he actually worked practically. Like, sometimes you would almost hope 
that he is an evil genius and he's just pretending. Because mm-hmm. the alternative is like, what's the alternative? He's a con man driven by his emotions and, and, and his desire for attention. And that's what's gotten them into the most important position in the free world. Oh my God, it's happening again. <laughs> don't, don't, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. It's fine, shh, shh, don't think about it. Okay. What's next? Phew. Russia. Oh God. The Russian investi- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good news. Uh, the Russian investigation is still keep on going. Uh, he hasn't fired Robert Mueller yet, despite the fact that Fox News continually book goads him to. And mm-hmm. as I said, that is one of his biggest sources of policy inspiration. So there's... <laughs> There's a good chance that he may actually do it because the Fox News pundits keep on telling him to do it. Um, a quick note, if anybody wants to know their history, firing a special counsel investigating the president was what got Richard Nixon to resign. That's actually where it all fell apart. Shall history repeat itself? I hope so, but probably not. Um, Bruce Carlson has a really good episode detailing what happened on the night that this that Nixon actually fell. So Nixon decided he had to fire the special counsel and he asked his attorney general to fire the special counsel. Mm-hmm. The Attorney General refused. So Nixon fired the Attorney General, which is in his power. Mm-hmm. And then he kept on working his way to the Attorney General subordinates until he could get someone that would actually fire the special counsel. And I think he had to go through like three or four subordinates. It's like he's, at the, he's talking to the intern. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, okay. <laughs> oh, me? I just, re- I, I just replaced the water coolers. But sure, yeah, I'll fire whoever you want, Mr. President. <laughs> Essentially. So... There's a potential that people are telling Trump to do the same thing. But the thing is, is that the way politics works these days, I don't think he's, the reaction won't be the same. So everyone was aghast that Richard Nixon could possibly go this far and actually fire the person who's supposed to be investigating the illegal things he could be doing. Mm. I don't think Trump would give a shit if people (laughs) thought he was, if people thought it was one step too far. Because every single time he takes one step too far, he just takes another step. <laughs> yeah, too far is a relative term. He's just striding his way on down and you're just looking in the distance as he keeps on walking towards some big billboard that says, fuck you. <laughs> it just never ends. <laughs> oh, I'm collapsing again, Richie. I'm collapsing. Let's go, I'm, go, I'm go, go, next thing, next I'm thing. Forget about Russia. Forget about Russia. What's next? It's a, Steve Bannon. <laughs> oh, God. Go on, what about him? What about Steve? Okay, here's one thing at least I think that we may be able to save ourselves with. Um, Steve is gone. Yeah. So he was a 100% core and integral part of the Trump campaign, despite the fact that Trump tries to claim that he barely even knew him. <laughs> Steve Bannon would follow Trump out of the campaign vehicle every single time he pulled up to an event for pretty much the last six months of the campaign. He mm-hmm. was integral. He was a core part of the Trump campaign that got Trump elected. He completely fucked up when he got into office. He was not built for proper governance. He kept on running into different problems. And once John Kelly um, was switched from being the head of the Department of Homeland Security and became the chief of staff of the White House, he decided he had to get rid of Bannon because Bannon was just too nuts and was not a professional fit. That's, I mean, that sounds logical. Yeah. So Stoppy Steve is gone. Uh, he got kicked out. He was, he was, jeez, I, I, I can't even remember what, particular controversy it was like what is it is it just was it his, his affiliations to the alternative right or was it like more um, day-to-day stuff like misconduct within the white house i Do think we have specifics i don't i do you know what? I for the life of me i can't I, I can't even remember what specific instance it was that got him sacked i think it might have been he steered trump in the wrong direction after the charlottesville thing in terms of like pr right yeah 
and so that's and then eventually John Kelly and uh, Ivanka and presumably Jared Kushner were able to gang up on him and get him kicked out but immediately after he got kicked out like the Friday afternoon he was fired Friday evening he was back being the head of the editorial board on Breitbart right so didn't miss a beat he didn't miss a beat. It, didn't make, it made no difference to him. He kept on carrying on the way he was carrying on. Right. Um, in fact, if anything, he said that he was happier to be on the outside because he'd still be able to control the president from there and it'd be easier. That went on for a while until it turned out that he said bad things about Donald Trump's family in that book that we mentioned already, Fire and Fury. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for Trump. And he immediately clamped down, shut him down, claimed that he had never had anything to do with it. And... Surprisingly, it actually fall, all fell apart for, for Steve Bannon then. Um, the Mercer family, which are a large, very powerful, very rich family in the US that put a lot of money into conservative causes, they pulled all their money out of Steve Bannon's organizations and Steve got sacked as the head of the Breitbart Network. Ooh. So God bless him, but he's hanging out in the wind now at the moment, uh, which is pretty strange considering one year ago he was so important they were putting me on to National Security Council meetings. <laughs> what a way to fall. Holy crap. What a year it has been. <laughs> Just like, yeah. even as I said that sentence, I realized, holy crap, that is insane. I'd love to see his, you know what Facebook gives you that, like, here's your 2017, and they give you that, like, template scroll <laughs> of pictures of it. I'd love to see his one. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets more and more and more and more black bags under his eyes and just gets more and more <laughs> More liver spots. He looks more and more like a scrotum with each passing frame. He just does look like a scrotum though, doesn't he? Like scrotum. Oh, not even a, a nice one. Wait, oh, well, like a big. Wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I went along with you. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, um, we're coming up to the worst part. I think for me, the thing that just like has driven me nuts about this year of Trump. Immigration. Yes. Yeah. But before that, oh. let me just let me just list off his his high points. He fired the director of the FBI because the FBI director wouldn't back off on investigating his connections to the Russians during the campaign. Mm-hmm. He has been constantly insinuating he might fire the special counsel who's also investigating the same thing, which is mm-hmm. undermining the investigation that's going on. He made a baseless accusation that President Obama wiretapped the Trump Tower. I think that was back in February or so. Mm-hmm. He claimed that the fact he lost the popular vote was only because Democrats had rigged the elections and that there were fake votes. This is the president who won the election was making these claims. So yes, he, he's a, set yeah. up, he set up a commission to actually investigate it, which has since fizzled out because there was no voter fraud. If there was voter fraud, he wouldn't be the fucking president. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Accords, which is pretty fucking bad for the entire planet. He has constantly tried to ban people based on their religion, specifically Muslims. He got his UN representative to commit to totally destroy North Korea if there's partic- if there's threats against them, which is not what you're supposed to do at the UN. Mm-hmm. He decided to pick on NFL players during the summer, I think it was. It was at the spring. I can't even fucking remember now. Yeah. He's constantly retweeted extreme right-wing um, people, including things in Britain, like the uh, the fucking... British first. Yes. He is constantly attacking the London mayor and how he treats terrorism in the city mm-hmm. because the London mayor happens to be a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he refused to shake Angela Merkel's hand, like visibly on screen. Mm-hmm. It's just 
it's just nuts. It just if when you list out these different things and you just try and do it and you add it up to everything else that came before in the campaign, you just go, holy shit, what have we done? Um, that, I'm sure that's a very distilled list you have there as well. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, for every single one I have, there's ten that I missed. Yeah, sobering. I mean, I, yes. I alone, like I, I alone, can, just can't get over, and I'm disgusted by the quality of his handshakes over the past year. <laughs> Like that's something that I struggle with every time I, I see a, a news clip where he meets someone new. He just can't get over his handshaking. His terrible handshaking. Like remember that one with Macron where that went on for like 25 seconds. I think the BBC did a yeah. timer and literally went on for 25 seconds of awkward, <laughs> just holding firm, like up and down handshaking, but also in and out and left and right and just go still for a bit. And then it's just, oh, can you imagine? Oh. I know you're trying to make light of this, Richie, but the only place we can go now is to immigration, <sighs> which is not going to be a good topic. Nope. Okay, Let's we have to do it. We have to talk about it. We can't not. Trump has essentially furthered the legitimization of racism in the United States that they have worked so hard to try and pull back. America has had some of the most open problems with racism in terms of all democracies. Mm-hmm. It basically was built into the Constitution when they started that it was a racist nation because slavery was built into it. Mm-hmm. As a white person who's not from there, I can't obviously comment on it, but it, it did look like they were trying their best when they elected a black president. Yeah. Trump has done everything he can to roll that back. We mentioned already the travel ban. It It, is, it has eventually stuck because he kept on tweaking it so that he included North Korea and Venezuela. So it's not just specifically a Muslim ban. And now... All those countries he initially wanted to ban are banned, and like that's that's uh, it, like how how permanent is that? It's not permanent. It's it's a temporary thing until they're able to provide the right kind of things that the, that the American bureaucrats want to see. But essentially, it is as long as that executive order lasts, as long as the Trump presidency lasts, it's there. Yeah. So yeah, at least four years or three years now. Mm-hmm. Trump has also rescinded the special status that was awarded to people from El Salvador, Nicaragua and Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, those countries had pretty bad natural disasters that meant that the people that moved to the US, like not legally, but um, they were given special provisions that meant that they did they weren't going to be targeted by the US immigration services yeah. just because they had to go there because they couldn't go anywhere else. Right. The US has pulled that, pulled that away. And basically they've been told that if they're still there in 2019, they will be targeted. And not only that, these people have actually given their addresses and details to the US um, authorities on the basis that they were being given clemency. Oh, so and that's gone. Yeah, so now they're, they're, it will be easier to find a target. Exactly. So you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people there. Christ. And it just so happens that these hundreds of thousands of people happen to be the same people from these shithole countries that Trump referenced recently. Yeah. Yeah. He said he, he didn't want people from shithole countries. He wanted people from somewhere like Norway. Where people just happen to be a bit paler yeah. than the other people. To, to go back to that shithole quote, like, did, was he unaware that he was on the record when that was happening? Like, why? He wasn't on the record. He wasn't on the record. It was a private meeting. It, there is no recording of him saying that. Unfortunately, when he comes out and denies it and says, I'm the least racist person you have ever interviewed. Yeah. Um, you can't play the recording of him saying that it's essentially a couple of people's word against his. And all the Republicans in the room are claiming that they didn't hear him say that right but they didn't hear him say they didn't hear what he said is what they're saying yeah which essentially means he definitely said it yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's it's just it's terrible one of the things that have really pissed me off about this year has been how he's treated puerto rico puerto rico is part of the united states it got hit by a hurricane people are struggling to live there and he's essentially ignored them he turned up there and gave them toilet roll and then fucked off again that is not how you treat a part 
of the United States, which is what Puerto Rico is. Yeah, like it's Puerto it's Rico, not like an ambiguous thing. It's like they are part of that no, country. I mean, it is an ambiguous thing because they haven't been granted statehood because they are essentially a hangover from the colonial era. But they but still, still, they're still part of America. They're, they're Americans. Yeah, I my, my old roommate was from Puerto Rico and like she was an American citizen. 100%. 100% an American citizen. But the fact that they speak Spanish and a lot of people are darker than other people in the United States means that Trump is ignoring them. And it is horrendous. Yeah. He said both sides have bad people that you can blame after the Charlottesville thing. After after a white nat- after a white supremacist Nazi drove a car into a crowd of protesters and killed somebody, he said both sides have people to blame and bad people on each side. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, he has legitimized institutional racism again and not just the United States but the world over yeah I mean yeah we're we're like we're talking about it here you know it's it's not it's not localized at all I mean the fact that he is such a clown means that anybody that tries to use him as a actually I'm just getting flashbacks I had a conversation with a taxi driver when I was drunk coming home last weekend he was defending Trump really yes he was defending Trump on the basis that he wasn't that bad and not only that he was the American president so you have to give him some credit and I'm pretty sure it was just as I was pulling up to the house and I was like, I'm leaving now and I don't want to talk to you anymore, is what I said. Really? Yeah, this is somebody that was actually trying to use him. This is an Irish guy. He was definitely dubbed. He was definitely Irish. Yeah. This dude was obviously a racist and he just wanted to use Trump as a legitimization of his own fucking racist policies. Yeah. And this is what's going on. Oh, it's just, it's it's sickening. It's just yeah. sickening. Uh, look, I, I know, I just want to take it aside here. I know we talked before about um, about trying to be as nonpartisan and 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 inclusive as we can but again this is an exception because it, it goes beyond partisan issues this is this is a humanitarian thing this is a an equal rights thing this is something that kind of transcends those those ideologies i think and that's why we're so sure. enraged by it <clears throat> You know, for a comedy podcast, we do get pretty dour when we talk about Trump at times. Um, uh, we're a political podcast with comedy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, yes, that's an important distinction. But like, we do try to keep it light. And we do try to 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 be. Um, yeah, but it's impossible when you're talking about this guy and what he's done. Yeah. not to get serious. Yeah, and like, I hope it doesn't come across as a reflection of our our views of other people with different views. But it just transcends that a little bit, and it's not indicative <laughs> of our our feelings of other. Why were you going to say there? It like I mean, it comes down to I, I've gotten to the point now. Do you remember when we were talking about the alt right and you'd say, "What do you think? What they would think of us?" And I said, "Fuck them." Yeah. If it comes down to somebody that says that they've legitimately would support Trump and we're happy to vote for him again, I'm going to say, and if if he like just fuck them. Yeah. Just fuck off. <laughs> you're wrong. You are 100 percent wrong. You are you're not just wrong, but you're you're damaging your country. You're damaging the world. And you are wrong. You are so wrong. He does not care about you. He does not care about anybody but himself. Yeah. It's, it's, he's not, he's not out to help anybody. Yeah. No, I can't argue with that. Can't argue with that one little bit. Yeah. Um, just one more thing. I think we, we didn't touch on it during the, during the chat, but, um, there's the, the, the American, the federal government are facing a shutdown. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Um, as we're recording on Saturday night, they shut down, uh, Friday night. Because they could not come together and agree budget, but that's okay. That happens every couple of years. But still, but like it's just the fact that it's like exactly on the one year anniversary, and like forgive me it's if I'm true. wrong, but this is the first time it's ever happened when uh, one party has controlled the Senate, Congress, and the presidency. Do you know what, Richie? I think you may have just hit your second <gasps> serious political point of the night. Steve didn't realize. Oh ding 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 ding. What do I get? What do I win? Um, a bike. Trump's going to send your card back. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't mind that actually. It's a nice card. <laughs> if he sent you, if he sent you an invitation to go stay at Trump Tower and hang out with him, would you take it? Of course I would, and I'd bring my Zoom and I'd fucking get him on the podcast. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I don't know if I could talk to him. I definitely, I would definitely go an open invitation to like, like actually have an interaction with that man and try. I'm sure, I'm sure I'd come out a worse person for it, but I'd definitely give it a, give it a old try. You mean, you mean like physically you'd walk out of there, you'd have the quiff? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it just happened. <laughs> I don't know I don't what know happened. happened. It just happened. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely do it. Uh, look, let's just, let's, let's move quickly to what I'm keeping you saying. Yeah, it's yeah. There was a particular. It's going to be a tough episode for two reasons. Number one, it has been one of the technically most difficult episodes we've had to record. Oh my God. Number two. Subject matter has been fucking hard. <laughs> has indeed. But look, Steve, here, and I know we've mentioned this before, but here's a lovely note to end it on. This podcast wouldn't exist if it weren't for Trump. Like it, like it just wouldn't. And so we have that. <sighs> and sure, look, if anybody's listening out there that only got interested in politics and decided to listen to our wacky podcast on the basis that they thought it would be an easy way in, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, that Trump guy, I should probably know more about it because he seems terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, Richie's there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my club. We've got badges. Oh yeah, you never gave me a badge. No, you're not in the club. Um, no, that's true. Yeah, so what I'm keeping us say, let's end on some, some something non-political. That's something happier. Hopefully, what, what have you got for me, Steve? Also, sorry because we, we've got we've gotten a few new listeners recently. What I'm keeping us saying is is when we end the podcast on on something non-political, the non-political things in our life that are keeping us sane when the political things just aren't doing that. So what, what do you got, I Steve? talked before about how I watched the Star Trek Next Generation. Mm-hmm. You big nerd. I said that it was a pretty, it was a big, it was a big nerdy thing. Do you know what's not nerdy, but it's still feckin' amazing? What? The new Star Trek TV show, Star Trek Discovery. Really? The one on Netflix? It is so good. Really? In what way? It is like, it's it's like a crazy action show with endearing characters, good storylines, and it's still crazy sci-fi shit. Really? It is really good. I would recommend anybody of any persuasion to watch it. Not even, just not even being big like, giant nerds like you. Even big giant nerds like me. Apparently, a lot of the Star Trekies, like I'm not one of those guys, um, they don't like it because it's it's changing things that happened in the in the lore and shit like that. Yeah. I don't care about that. Nah. I think it's just a really good TV show. Cool. It's got lasers and space battles and stuff like that and aliens. Oh, it's got pew-pews. It's got pew-pews. It's got zoom-zooms. It's got... And it's got aliens with like thingies on their heads going... Love it. It's got all the good stuff. They're all my favorite. And it's got like it's got it's got temporal disturbances. It's got alternate realities. It's got all the shit you want. Mm, nice. Yeah, I might get into that. I've been looking for some some good sci-fi. What's keeping you sane? Um, would you believe, Steve? It's a little old book called The Name of the Wind. Oh, yeah, so. oh yeah. Is that, is, that, is that a thing now? That's is a it? thing. Yeah. So this Christmas, Steve got me a present of the thickest book I've ever been given. <laughs> uh, it's pretty big. It's huge. It's it's uh, it's a fantasy novel called The Name of the Wind that is part of the King Killer Chronicles. Am I correct? Yes. That's named the trilogy. Yes. What what. what why did you give it to me? Explain, like, explain your reasoning for giving this to not only myself, but also our other <laughs> friends as well. I bought it for you. I bought it for the other friends in our group. And I bought it for another friend of mine who I know likes to read because I really wanted people to read it and talk about it with me because it's a, such an amazing book. It's so well written. It is really nice. And I just didn't have anyone to talk about it. So I was like, hey, I should get these guys Christmas presents of this book because... It's the best, the best Christmas presents are the ones that you buy for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And to tell you what, Steve, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you and you're the person who, who gave this to me, but it's actually making me 
fall back in love with reading Aww. in a way that like I'm not I'm not being disingenuous when I say this, but it's reminiscent of my first time reading the Lord of the Rings books or the Harry Potter books or like a series, a big series, like a dense lore, um, a whole world that you just can't wait to just like dip back into. So when I go to bed in the evenings, I always read in the evenings. That's the only time I read is when before I go to sleep. Um, and usually when I go to bed, like I'll, you know, fuck around on my phone or play something on my Nintendo Switch or watch something on the iPad or something like that, something with a screen. Um, but now I'm just like going to bed early just so I can sit up and read for a couple of hours this book. Oh. Like that's like that. I'm just I cannot wait to end my day this way by reading this this goddamn book because it's so fucking good. I'm not none well, of that's exaggerations. You have another. You have a, there's a second book that you can fill in um, and keep on reading after that's done. But unfortunately, Patrick Rothfuss, the author, has got the kind of George R. R. Martin thing going on where he's promised the third novel that is so long mm-hmm. coming. But hopefully by the time you finish reading the two of them, it could be nearly ready. Maybe, maybe. And, but look, if if he maintains the level of quality that I've experienced so far, then he can take as much time as he wants. I yes, just want that's a, true. I just yeah. want a good goddamn story. And these are some good fucking goddamn stories. So. I am so happy. Yeah, that delighted. is exactly the reaction I wanted to hear. Hooray. Excellent. Okay, that's it. Let's let's end this podcast before both our laptops simultaneously explode because I think that's, that's where we're heading with... These fucking technical difficulties. It's been a year since you guys have started listening and uh, we want to say thank you. Yeah, we did. We did. We appreciate it. Our numbers have been doing pretty well lately and like the survey we put out, which is still live and still in the show notes if you do want to, you know, let us know your thoughts. Um, but the survey has been giving us like some really nice responses and people on Twitter have been really nice and everyone's just been so lovely and, you know, who knew that a year later we'd still be doing this little project. Not just doing it, but we've got big plans ahead. We've got a lot of episodes planned. We do. Um, we're hoping to give you, we're hoping to give you guys even better stuff this year. So please stay with us. Tell your friends. Um, Bigger, better, on- faster, stronger, sexier. Maybe not that last one. Well, probably the last one. We are we are very hot dudes. I'm doing it. I'm doing a dance now. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. Ooh, I can feel it somehow. Ugh. What's the Apple Podcast app called these days? <laughs> Is it iTunes or Apple Podcast? That's Apple Podcasts. Go on to that thingy rate us because based on that we will get recommendations for other people so please do that yeah that's like the thing. i know every every podcast always tells you to do that and it's with good reason because it's how our how podcasts get surfaced to other people based on other podcasts that they watch so when you see those recommended podcast lists that comes up the algorithm surfaces those podcasts based on the number of reviews and ratings they get so the more people who review and rate the more people will will listen to us i mean like that and not just that but even on the non-technical side we can tell from the survey responses that a lot of you have have listened to this show because people you know have specifically told you to. Yeah. So keep doing that. Yeah. Keep specifically telling your friends, your families, your dogs. Yeah. That person on the street that you're walking past that you just want to talk to because we told you to. Yeah. Do it right now. Do it. That person there. Now. Get him. Go. Get him. Go. Jump on him. Tell them. <laughs> hit him. Okay. Th- thanks. Don't thanks hit him. Don't that. hit him. Don't hit him. I don't know why don't I said him. that. Sorry. Don't hit him. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter. Thanks to Supermarket Love for the theme music. Send us an email if you want to. Oh, oh. You can record a voice message. Yeah. Also, we we're very bad at this. Uh, we appeared on Lena Norm's podcast uh, about oh yeah what, two weeks ago. It came out or something. Like that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, her podcast. I'm not being funny, but um, it's an excellent podcast. You should really check it out. So, what's the podcast called? It's called I'm Not Being Funny, but what's it called? It- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> got me. Got me. It's it's a very good podcast. Uh us notwithstanding. It is. It is. Um yes. You should definitely go check it out. Um but yeah. You will also get one half of the What Am Politics team appearing soon on Tiernan Dueb's podcast, uh, Partly Political, mm. which is like a weekly political satire, funny show talking about politics that he puts out weekly. 
it's really good yeah. um, I'm not sure if he will have released it by the time we, that you'll be listening to this but if he hasn't subscribe anyway and soon you will hear Steve yeah we'll, we'll tweet about it as well yeah and he will too so mm-hmm. thanks guys oh man I'm so I'm so full of tiramisu <laughs> you still you I've been, it yeah, I've been drinking my beers the whole way through this and it's beer just... and Italian food just does not mix this is this is why they drink wine it's because you can't, you just can't drink beer on top of Italian mm-hmm. food okay yeah well mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna go I just made that up because Peroni exists so that's not true <laughs> that's very true okay well I'm gonna go into a tiramisu and juice coma okay bye, bye.